Enter now the age of apocalypse, Shiga, with your hosts, Dayspring and Scott Free. The name's Cable. Remember it. And the only people who can stop apocalypse are the mutants known as Dayspring, Scott Free, and Michelle. This is Captain America, and we need to defeat apocalypse. What's up, Amelia? Dayspring here with the review of Sins of Sinister, issue one. And I have to tell you, I think Sins of Sinister is fantastic. And you know, it's funny, I, I, I kind of struggle with the name. I want to say, like, uh, Sins of a Sister. <laughs> I don't know why, but I was really skeptical going into this crossover I was thinking about it today. So I did not drop my review early on this morning, you know, with like milestone things like a crossover event. I, I do want to sort of give my feelings as soon as possible. I'm like, why, why, why wait a couple of days for it? But so I woke up this morning and I was like, okay, I'm going to like just take a minute before I record my feels on Sense of Sinister because I want to let it set in. Because my expectations were extremely low. And I was like, okay, well, why were they really low? And I'm like, well, it's because there's been so many crossovers. <laughs> I don't know if you guys feel that way too. You let me know, Familia. DM me at Power of X-Men. And if I'm sober enough, maybe I'll I'll reply. I'm just joking. I always reply. But here's the thing. There have been so many crossovers lately. We had Judgment Day. We have Dark Web. Dark Web isn't even finished yet. And, and, and now we're starting Sins of Sinister. And it just always feels that the X-Men have some kind of like event that they're being wrapped up in. And I don't want to use the term event fatigue, right? Because that was a big thing that was being used in like the mid 2000s, especially after AVX, you know, Joe Casada infamously said like, oh, you know, event fatigue, I think we're going to take a little break here. And that's when they started the all new, all new, all different era, right? Where the 05 came back. So, you know, I was like, comic book events are just something that's part of the genre. If you're signing up to be a comic book stand, you know that these publishers are going to be pimping out crossover after crossover, event after event. You got to sell comics. You got to get people excited for it. But I think what's happened recently, this is something that I thought was a good idea, you know, initially when Hawkspock started. I don't think it's a good idea right now, but let me let, 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 let me give you my feelings here, Familia. I think it's too much. There, there, there's too much jumping on points. There's too many events. There are too many resets of, of, of the books that you're sort of like, I, I, can't, I can't keep up. I have no interest. It's coming to a point now where I just feel that like it's kind of futile to be invested in anything because there's such a quick turnaround with these stories. Or they're just plotting, planting a seed, plotting, planting a seed for the future, right? We've talked about this endlessly on the podcast. It's called Claremontine where writers are planting seeds for a future writer to use, right? Zeb Wells told us about that. We did bring it up to Leah Williams, and she she did not know the term Claremonting, but she did confirm that that's exactly what's happening there. So 
that's how I kind of feel here. I thought when Hawks Pox started, I was like, oh, this is so great. They're going to let books run 10 to 12 issues, and then they'll just do away with the title and and start a new book. And, oh, we have, you know, Ten of Swords coming up. Oh, Dawn of X, Reign of X, you know, Destiny of X. Now, I, I just feel that within the course of what, what has it been, like three, four years? Hawks Pox came out in 2019. There's been so much that has happened. And I thought, you know, last year, Inferno was garbage. I'm sorry. Inferno was garbage. How was that? Uh, how how was that Hickman's? I was going to say Joe Casada. How was that Hickman's swan song with the X-Men? Right? I still don't believe it is. I've heard, you know, rumors, you know, following his exit, I heard rumors that it was just sort of like, you know, a decoy, you know, exit, like he would be back. But... As you know, now that we're over a year since Inferno, I haven't really heard anything about Hickman coming back, sadly. Anyways, but Inferno was garbage. Trial of Magneto was garbage. I know a lot of people love the Hellfire Gala because of all the cosplay that kind of comes out of it and the looks. And yes, of course, it's fun. It's campy. But I don't think they're particularly well-written, you know, like the, the crossover the original Hellfire Gala like crossover event was was not very good. And this last one, I can't even tell you what happened. Right. And then we always have a new team, right? Right. We have a new team that's that's coming out now on the horizon. And, you know, we we just settled on this this new team and now we're already voting for another team. So it's a long way of saying that, like, I'm tired. I am so tired of the X-Men being reinvented every month. Just let the story stay. Right. There's nothing wrong with telling long form stories that let them let 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 this let the plot cook let this new team be around for 20 issues you know instead of planning the next event let let dark web end on a on a good note i i know it's gonna happen dark web familia it's okay it's not gonna end in anything really great that's probably why i lost steam you know with the reviews because i was just like after that gene and maddie confrontation i was just like really it's not about gina maddie it's it should be about maddie and scott and scott having an opportunity editorially to make amends for being a very shitty character right i understand editorially in the 80s right you have a clone the the narrative of a clone has since evolved but in the 80s a clone was just a clone and you have the original back so of course cyclops is going to go to the original and the clone's memories goes into genes right editorially i understand why that story took place but in story we know cyclops was an asshole we know in story clones are respected they're seen as their own individual people so this is an opportunity to give scott a moment to to have with maddie spoilers it's not gonna happen <laughs> and the confrontation is between gene and maddie of which i do not agree with because because gene is a victim of sinister's genetic tampering as is maddie these are two women who are wronged by a man right this is me too 101 so i don't understand why we have to get a final page of maddie and gene fighting and gene's bitch slapping maddie is such an insult such a fucking insult. Anyways, we are going to I'll give my final thoughts on Dark Web. I had to talk to Rod, who who we love very much over in New Zealand. I was like, yes, I have, have the final issues pubbed yet? Because I never know what's pubbing and I get some things in advance or, you know, you, you hear things from the rumor mills and stuff like that. So I'm kind of like always all over the place with it. But anyways, so that is 
the, that is my opinion on why I was going into Sins of Sinister with a very pessimistic approach. I was like, this is going to be garbage. Uh, it's going to be another crossover that's going to happen. The characters will act out of character and the art in some parts will be rushed. I will give them credit. Ten of Swords, a lot of these crossovers, it seems, with the exception of the paper shortage last year, it seems that everything has been running on time. You know, delays editorially back like when we got, you know, Second Coming or I don't think Second Coming had many delays, but, um, you know, Astonishing X-Men during that era had a lot lot of delays i mean we're talking like 12 months almost between issues so you know i i, I just came to this not feeling a hundred percent i am feeling a little fatigued but to my surprise to my surprise it's actually really good it's a really good issue and we'll go through it right now and i was i was pleasantly surprised i mean listen uh jillian is is it's great lucas wernack is amazing art i mean it's just I, I, I think it was oh god who told me someone told me this i think it was rod rod if i told you this if you told me this excuse me if rod you told me this um thank you because i think it made sense that 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 lucas and Girion are in sync they really truly are this is a perfect example of the writer and the artist being completely in sync with each other you know, there's a few times I can remember this, you know, think of Astonishing, Whedon and Cassidy. I'm thinking of Morrison and Quietly. I mean, that level that they're just, you can tell they're doing a wonderful, beautiful tango here. So I completely agree with Rod. And, and Rod, if you didn't say that, you just got credit for it. And if the person listening who did tell me that, just DM me. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it was you, Rod. But so it opens up, this issue opens up 10 years in the future where Sinister is seeing, you know, mutants being resurrected. And he says to me, my me's because spoilers, as you will find out in this issue that Sinister has, you know, kind of Trojan horsed uh, mutants who are being resurrected with his DNA. So that's why we've been seeing, you know, some of the, our beloved characters like Emma with a sinister diamond. You know, that's why in the last issue of Immortal X-Men, Xavier re takes off his helmet and he has a diamond on his head, a red diamond, which is a sinister diamond. Hey, listen, listen. I thought that was pretty obvious, but it doesn't make it any less cool when you read the story, you know, as it unfolds. I'm like, oh, wow, Sinister really was doing that. Yeah. And this is another thing. Why would I have said this countless times since the beginning of Hox Pox in, in this new era, the Krokoan age? Why do they trust Sinister? Why do they trust Sinister? I still maintain that when he killed his team during Ten of Swords and he started crying to the council and Emma's like, oh, I'm going to see him do his crocodile tears. Ha ha ha. And everyone's like, oh, no, Sinister didn't get away with it. They knew what was up. I'm like, no, no, they certainly are, are, are suspecting that Sinister is, is being theatrical, but I think he did pull a fast one on the council. Just like once again, he pulled a fast one on everyone here. Because again, he's Trojan horsed his, his his contemporaries on the council, and they are all now, you know, infected with sinister DNA. It, it's it's insane to me that no one saw this coming. It really, truly is, and and, and that's another flaw I, I I I need to like bring to the attention of the Krokoan Age. The world building is super sloppy. It's a sloppy world building. <laughs> it's not in this issue, but in general, in general. The Krakone Age is suffering from really bad world building. I don't, 
I don't really believe that people are, are are seriously sitting down and thinking what would this world look like and what what these characters their approach would be to having someone like Sinister on the council and how they would have fail safes in it. Right? We've talked about this before. I talked about this during Inferno. The one big thing that really just stuck out to me was Mystique was able to just go into what Island M, wherever they house the Cerebro helmets, just because she shapeshifted. Like mutant security would not account for shapeshifters, telepaths, people who could phase, people who can travel through time for God's sakes, right? No one has really sat. I'm sorry. I love the X office. We've had plenty of, of the team on here, but I do not believe people have really sat down to think of the world building. <laughs> it's terrible, you know, but anyway, so yeah, sinister, you know, has been Trojan horsing uh, his, his contemporaries with his own DNA, and um, we find out that after he was sent to the pit, of course, Xavier reveals his helmet, takes off his helmet. He has a red diamond. Emma is also there as well. And she like shows off her red diamond, which I really liked. It, it was kind of like the way it was written. It was kind of like, oh, yes, look at this. You know, it's so, mm, you know, it's like kind of like a sexual, sexual thing going on there. <laughs> Not sexual, but like there is this like I, I would describe it as a Cylon's from Battlestar Galactica when they have their red spine glow, right? So that's sort of like, there's this little pride that they have with Simon. But so they, they're, they're, there's also revealed that Exodus and Hope, who all four of them were obviously killed in the previous Immortal X-Men, were resurrected. Hope was the anomaly. She was the one who was a problem because subconsciously she was fighting off Sinister's DNA every time she was resurrecting a mutant. So Sinister, let me explain this. Sinister, since day one, has been putting his genetic material into the genetic material of other mutants. So when they're resurrected, they have a little bit of Sinister in there that obviously, again, Trojan horse. And the problem was that Hope, when she was resurrecting the mutants, subconsciously she was eradicating the Sinister gene. So he needed to have Hope dead in order for her to be resurrected with the Sinister G. Very brilliant. You know, again, here's the thing. I'm going to give it to Jillian. By the way, I always say his name wrong. Gillian, Jillian, I, I don't know. I, I, I always get it wrong. I'm so terrible. But he took what has been given in the landscape and he made it interesting. He made it, you know, part of the lore and the canon. That, that was great. You know, why... If you're going to say that Sinister has been having these DNA samples and everyone, why is it only coming to fruition now? Well, it's because Hope needed to die. So Emma, Exodus, Hope, and Xavier are infected with Sinister. They're going to go to the council tomorrow about opening up resurrection to everyone else. They're going to put it like a big show for the entire council, but this is part of a larger, more nefarious plan. So we flash forward one year into the future, and Ben Ulrich is going to see J. Jonah Jameson about what's going on with the mutants. And he has this little test to make sure he's fine. We really don't know what's going on at this point. But he injects uh, Jameson with this, you know, test. It's kind of like a little, like, vial to see if he's okay. Um, ben is like, oh, okay, fine, you're you're clean. I need to talk to you about what's going on with the mutants. They're taking over the planet with a smile on their face. And Jameson's like, ha, 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 ha. And a red diamond manifests on his forehead again this is one year later one year later since they decided to open up resurrection to uh humanity so we flash forward one year later 
Jamison is like, ha ha, we, we've been tampering with this test just so we can find out who's still aware and who hasn't gotten the mutant gene. So that's the way they're able to resurrect humans now. You're getting a vaccination with uh, with the next gene. And so now you will be automatically um, uploaded into Cerebro because you're a mutant, right? So that's that's a really interesting thing because Sinister now is also... <laughs> You know, Sinister is now getting into humanity with his little Trojan horse gene. So you're getting the X gene within the X gene. There's little Sinister genes in there floating around that manifest themselves. So Sinister is essentially taking over the planet. Right. So then they decide, uh, and by they, Forge is now infected. Uh, Emma, Hope, Xavier are all like, we need to kill Krakoa with like a beam. And they kill Krakoa and they blame Orcus publicly emma's like oh no darlings everyone who was a human all those backups are gone we of course have myth mythical ways to to get um the 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 mutants who need to be backed up but everyone else i'm sorry you're shit out of luck we're gonna respond to orcus right and then they killed doug ramsey wolverine who's also infected with a diamond kills doug ramsey and he's here like i never liked you because they want to cut off all that communications with krakoa uh, the Avengers and the X-Men team up. They take on Nimrod, and they're able to stop Nimrod. And we find out that the Avengers are now mutants as well. They've been um, injected with the with 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 the X gene. And Cyclops is like Captain America, mutants, and you know they're hugging as they walk. And I posted that on our Instagram. The shot of both of them walking. There's a lot of there. There's a lot of peaches in that um, in that shot, but. They're they're hugging and they're walking and they're and they're friends now, and so back at the fried Krakoa and Krakoa's like all sad and has all like these injections in him. They bring back Sinister, who was exiled, but he was never really gone, was he? Because his DNA has lived on in everyone else, and so we from there, you know, flash forward to a bunch of events that happen in this timeline where Thanos is murdered. There's, you know, Thanos brain matter scattered throughout history. Namor took on Doom and, you know, he was replaced by a clone who, despite his, you know, spouting of anti-Krakoan rhetoric, was actually being controlled by the mutants, Right. There was a, there was there, there could have been another Judgment Day, but it was, you know, sidestepped the Fantastic Four um, die. Right. Mr. Sinister infects Reed Richards. And during a mission with the cosmic radiation, everyone else turns into things. And um, Ben, Ben Grimm turns back to human and strangles strangles poor poor reed richards or not poor reed richards and then of course there's the avengers x-men war and the x-men come out victorious and are held as earth's mightiest heroes and beloved by all so five years into the future storm has not been infected by by sinister because she deleted her protocols in x-men red so she hasn't died she hasn't had to the need to be resurrected she gets what's up She's like, Sinister, you know, is back. Oh, my God. And that's not Kurt. That's not my friend Kurt. What happened to him? And Kurt's now like a, you know, like drooling monster who's like a pet of Sinister. They tried to control Storm, but alas, they are not able to control Storm. 
she's able to get away. They were going to mentally just like, you know, mind wipe her or, or redo her memories, convince her of a truth, something like that. But Storm is able actually to get away to Peru where Mystique and Destiny are there because Mystique and Destiny at the beginning of the issue uh, left the council. And so Irene is like, hey, you need to be smart if you want to, if we want to win this, we're going to be really smart. We find out that Sebastian Shaw has gone to hell dimensions and is always killed every time. And so as a result, he goes into the waiting room a lot and the waiting room, the mutant waiting room, which is what Wanda gave us. I call it the mutant cloud, but where every every mutant can be resurrected has been uh, turned into a more hellish landscape. Right. Um, we, we, we know that uh, Shaw's new seat, it allowed various diplomatic efforts to proceed, of which include, uh, you know, Lil I was going to say Liliana, Iliana magic, where um she she breaks down asgard it's it's because thor is depressed that his friends are gone etc and we find out that they also killed wanda no more wanda just in case that's what sinister said and i don't know how pronounced the chimeras you know the the mutant hybrids that we saw in hawksbox so that's sort of like the new x-men that are coming in we see like a colossus beast hybrid we see a cyclops and wolverine with like laser claw hybrids so you know we see that there was a first generation of chimeras you know splashing genes into you know the x bodies or to one body we find out that storm has been you know still trying to liberate she is the most wanted person 10 years in in the future sinister um then goes back to krakoa and finds out that even though he gave Emma, Xavier, Exodus, and Hope room to be themselves, it's kind of backfiring on them because he needed their personalities. So it wasn't just about mind controlling him. He needed to keep their personalities intact because he needed Emma to be Emma. He needed Xavier to be Xavier. What happens with something like that? Well, they have their own opinions and they decide that they want to realize that they want their dreams realized. They, they, Xavier still wants his dream to work. Emma wants to protect children. Hope sees herself as a messiah still. And so he's like, oh, ha, ha, let's cheers to this. He's like, oh, fuck this. I need to get rid of them. So he goes back to Muir Island and he falls into a trap. His entire lab, which is where his lab has been, uh, has been gone and he's trapped underneath Muir Island and he doesn't know who trapped him. So again, here's the thing that I loved about it. I thought it was solid world building, right? I mean, listen, there's a really good way to my heart. I like people who take the material seriously. I don't like being patronized as a reader. I don't, one of my biggest pet peeves has been when, you know, you kind of call out inconsistencies in stories and you're kind of called, oh, you're being an angry fanboy. It's like, no, I'm invested in the story you gave. I've been invested for like 20, 30 years, decades worth of comic book knowledge lives in my head. You would assume the people who are writing these stories of the team behind the story would respect that continuity i understand it could be binding but you got to work with what you got you know you can it, it's comic books you can always wave your hand in one panel and and undo everything it's not a big deal so that's always traditionally been my issue you know when i'm a reader and there's so many plot holes in something you're like but you you didn't care because there's plenty of things out there that i don't like but i'm like well the the, the writer took it seriously gave it 100 and again i'm not saying that just because they make like a little error like i think i told jordan d white that you know emma and marauder says my sister 
uh, Cordelia will never live to see Krakoa. And I was like, well, technically it wasn't Cordelia who died. It was Adrian. Adrian's the one who Emma has her beef with and and sort of is the one that died and, and wouldn't be in. And, you know, stuff like that is very minute, right? That's not something that would ever hold something against someone. I mean, that, that kind of stuff happens. However, bigger things, you know, like when you say that Jean was just dead. No, Jean wasn't just dead for those 16 years following new X-Men. She was in the Why Not room. Acknowledge that story point. It's okay. You can just be like, oh, yeah, I, I, I was dead, but I wasn't. Right? A stupid little line like that. Anyways, so Sins of Sinister, what is being done here is that there is a respect for the current world building that they've given and taken it to a next level. That's why I like it. I don't think I think Jillian is really trying Gillian Jillian is trying to tell a really smart story about relevant politics and how it applies to, you know, the X-Men today's world. Right. We have Emma, who is psychically broadcasting herself to the world, saying that they were attacked by by Orcus. And that the mutants are going to, you know, respond to this immediately. But the human, you know, lives that we were backing up are now all gone. And that is very much a, you know, political situation we find ourselves in. We find out that Doom, even though despite spewing out anti-mutant rhetoric, is actually, or Krakoan rhetoric, is actually being controlled by the mutants. You know, it's stuff like that. It's very clever. It's fun. And it's different. Now, where is this going to go? I don't know. What kind of major consequences is this going to happen? I don't know. I think I can tell you what I'm going to anticipate is by the end of this, we'll be back at our normal year here, you know, year one or not year one or just where we year one in the story, not year one ever in the X-Men. But where the story picks up, I think we'll find ourselves in that moment in Immortal X-Men where Sinister killed, you know, Emma, Hope, Exodus and Xavier. But I, I think we're going to get back to that point. But to what kind of consequences we're going to have, I don't know. That's where I'm a little pessimistic. I don't think it's going to have major ramifications. But this was a smartly done book. It was interesting. It was like 33 pages. It kept my hold. It kept its hold on me. So I was very happy with it. I would recommend this to X readers. I think they should read it. Let's see where it goes. Storm is going to play a major major part of the story. I think Storm needs it. I said this before. You need to give Storm an iconic storyline. You know what was an iconic storyline? Her being Soul Regent. And then they just totally swept that under the rug to make her a Brotherhood member on Mars. And I'm like, fine. It's a nice look. And I'm glad Storm has her own book. But like, no, I want to see Storm on a fucking throne doing diplomacy for the the cosmos and she could you could tell good stories with a character like storm spearheading all of the galaxy you know politics galactical politics galactical whatever you know what i'm trying to say yeah so you know i i think storm needs a story that's really going to make her look like an even bigger hero than she already is i wish i've said this before i wish storm would have a dark phoenix fatal attractions level story under her under her wing she has a morlocks and obviously her fight, fight with callisto which is really big and very iconic but for the most part storm just coast by because she is the most recognizable x-men out there in pop culture but she needs something that's really going to give her a good meaty story that's something lee waltz said lee waltz told us this when they read the first X-Men movie script and Whedon had just taken pass on him. Whedon isn't credited on the script, but because it's Hollywood, you know, it was sent. He doctored it a little bit. They were like, Storm has no role in this. And we saw that in the movies. And that's always an ongoing conversation with Storm fans, right? 
what 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 can Storm do? She's a great character. She has a really great presence, but she really, for the most part, just stands there, says iconic lines, and kicks butt. But where's that emotional weight? Where's that big epic story for a character like Storm? And I think we're gonna get it here with her, Irene, and Mystique. Right. Listen, I, I'm really happy to have a character like Irene here. I've always been a fan of Destiny. I, I like her being more of a great character. Mystique, you know, now that they're pandering her, making her a hero, she's like, where was my wife? We were all rooting for Irene to get resurrected. I, I'm kind of, I don't know, I'm on the fence about Mystique being a hero. I'm also, here's another fucking, like, plot thread that's just being dangled there. Mystique is supposed to be, like, dead soon, right? Like, isn't she, like, at the end of Immortal X-Men, they were, they they said something, you know, issue one, that, that she wasn't going to live, and that was something that Irene had seen and written in her new Destiny series. Again, there's too many plots out there. Too many plots. But, again, I think we're we're, we're seeing them all kind of streaming together here all right familia that is our very quick review of sins of sinister again big fan really liked it let's see what do we have coming down the podcast i think flink um is gonna come back on and we're gonna talk about suits with sean we're gonna do we're gonna continue our age of apocalypse i swear i swear we're continuing age of apocalypse we have a we have me and mr scott free are gonna dive into generation next i believe X-Men vote's supposed to be coming. I was talking to the publicist, and I'm just waiting to get the information for the vote, so that way we can start uh, dissecting everything and when that announcement's going to go out. So fingers crossed on that. We do have an interview with Scott Lobdell that I keep talking about, but again, we're going to have that rollout when it makes sense, hopefully in the next coming weeks. You know, I want to make sure we rent, we roll that out in a very sensitive manner and we make sure that you give to the appropriate nonprofit that is really an endorsement for women's rights in the workplace and empowerment. So we're just trying to fine tune those details. We want to be very respectful when releasing an interview like that. And uh, yeah, I've been DMing with some people and hopefully, you know, I moved so I've been dealing with a lot of contractors, unfortunately, and, and sort of running around and traveling so much. I was supposed to go to New York on Monday, and that gig actually got canceled because they didn't want to pay my fee. And it, you got to pay. You got to pay. You got to pay for work. Come on. I can't just show up for free on anything, man. Like, come on. So, But I am going out of town this weekend. You guys will see I'll be in Tallahassee. I'm going to hit up some old comic book stores. That's where I used to go to college. And yeah, we have a lot of great things on the horizon. I'm really excited for the future of Power of X-Men. And we love Sins of Sinister. I Before we go, I did solicit a couple people. I didn't solicit a couple people. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't solicit a couple people. I put on our Instagram page, tell us your feels on Sins of Sinister. And I want to read some of the, the feedback that we got as a community. And we got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 10, 11, 12. 2021 times two. We got 42 comments on this. So you guys read. I'm going to read a few here. Okay. FPS Master 99 says, where can I find it? <laughs> Your local comic book store or comicsology.com. You know, and I know Comixology went through a major, major gutting recently. So send out some love if you know anyone at Comixology. I download my comics. I've been downloading them since AVX. When AVX came out on midnight back in 2010, that is where I was forever changed. I am just reading everything digitally. I, I, I've always had an issue with space. My New York apartments were very small. The first apartment loft I bought right now is only about like 800-ish square feet. 
I got no space to keep physical comics. So Comixology or your local comic book store. And I always try to make up for the fact that I buy digital by buying a lot of statues and figures for my local comic book store. Namor Cosplay. Love Namor Cosplay so much. Namor killed his bestie. Yeah, he did. He really, really did. Chasma 12. That's so weird because I don't say Chasma 12. Says, when did Sinister become a hottie? Yeah, he's, he's, the bro looks good. Joshua Cassidy said, loved it like AOA. Absolutely. A collar gives uh, four flame emojis. Absolutely. Really, 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 really accurate. I agree. It was really great. Insane Polyglot said, it made me love Sinister even more. He's so good at being evil. Right? Sinister is very over the top and evil. And I do really appreciate that. And Sinister is a character right now. I've talked about this before. I don't know where I land with Sinister. I really do miss creepy geneticist, you know, Sinister. Now he's a little too much of a campy parody, but it's fine. I think in the context of his story, it works very well. I think he makes no apologies. It's really fun. Uh, Ellis Marley says, or at least Marley, I think it's Ellis Marley, says, Awestruck, they took it further than I imagined. Storm's escape was so exciting. Oh, I agree. I agree. My heart stopped because I actually thought they were going to get Storm. And she was like, no, boom, bolt of lightning there. And she's able to escape. So good. RJ Din WSNC says, meh, very sloppy opening. Let's see what the rest brings, I guess. Um, Emerald Comics Review, who we love very much, says, confused, but honestly, here for it. Yeah. So, you know, it looks like it's mostly positive. It's not without sins. It's not without error. But I think it's a fun, fun crossover. Listen, I, I think crossovers like Age of Apocalypse and Messiah Complex, the bar is set really high for stuff like that. I don't I don't think this quite gets there. But again, if I had to rank it, this first issue, just based off of this first issue alone, it's better than Inferno. It's better than Ten of Swords. It's better than Dark Web. It's better than Judgment Day. And it's better than the Hellfire Gala ones. So it's not Hawks. So if I had to rank the Krakoan Age crossovers, Hawks, Pox, and as of right now, I, I, I reserve the right to change this because I have to see how the story pans out. But second, I would put Sins of Sinister. All right, Familia, hit us up at Power of X-Men on Instagram. Only Instagram. That is it. I Barely use Twitter. I don't even know what TikTok is. I, I'm sorry. No, I'm deleting that. <laughs> and, you know, we, we try for YouTube. You know, I feel like my YouTube presence kind of comes in and out. It just depends on on my timing and scheduling. It's 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 a lot of hard work to edit a video, edit audio and everything. But anyways, that's our Sense of Sinister review. Hit us up at Power of X-Men and we'll see you all later. Well, thanks, sugar. The Age of Apocalypse is now over, and we'll see you next time. The Age of Apocalypse is over. For now. <laughs>